Welcome to Nomad Yarners, the yarn truck podcast. We're Erica and Dave, a husband and wife mobile yarn shop owners, bringing you tales from the road, adventures in fiber arts with a little bit of the rest of life thrown in. This is episode 102, recorded the week of April 16th, 2020. Today's segments include cabin fever ideas and where's nomads in your house. Sit back, get comfy, and enjoy the show. So apologies for not being with you last week. Um, Nature intervened. Erica got stuck um, in a bunch of fallen trees that didn't actually fall on her, but she couldn't get back from... um, my in-laws house um, where she was teaching a virtual class so we are back up and running we have power no trees have fallen on us everyone's good um but we're sorry we weren't here erica made unscathed yep everybody's fine um so dave why don't you jump right into our cabin fever ideas and talk about cooking pies (laughs) well i wanted to just talk about just trying something new in the kitchen is a great way of really relieving that quarantine fever um so i have been trying out some new recipes some old recipes and we're we're not i talk i say recipes neither of us are really huge recipe followers um we prefer to use cookbooks and cooking programs and what's in the fridge as more inspiration um so we'd had a fantastic easter dinner um, involving a turkey um, on Easter Sunday and we decided to use some of that turkey meat especially the brown meat that's not really um, something we serve on its own um, central to other things to really kind of spice that up and dump something different um, so I decided to make a hand-raised pie well I kind of cheated I used a springform tin and uh, it was very successful. If you've been on our Facebook recently, and my personal Facebook, it seems to be this pie is gathering its own following. Um, but it's just a good example of how to just reach out and try something new. Um, you may be feeling like you want to kind of keep up with your normal kind of cooking regime and you only have limited things in your kitchen. This was really easy to make. It was a great way of using up leftovers. It's especially important right now for us all to kind of cut down on our food waste, which is something we normally try to do anyway. Um, but all I needed was some um, plain flour. I used some vegetable shortening and hot water to make a hot water crust. And um, whipped this pie together, filled uh, the center with the ground up um, dark meat of the turkey and some chorizo and then some cooked onions and celery, which we always have on hand for some aromatics and just some herbs and spices. And, away you go so that was my encouragement for the week go and try something new in the kitchen don't feel like you have to be bound by recipes now is the perfect time to experiment if you're normally someone who always has to follow a recipe strictly take a look at a few of of something that you think you might like and then throw the recipes away Um, put them in a corner stick them back in a box close the book pick some things out of your cupboards that you have a rough idea of how to make and just experiment with it taste test things as you go along um Try new ways of applying cooking techniques that you do know and have a bit more bit of fun in the kitchen instead of it just being a chore and maybe learn some new skills out of it. Sounds good. So Erica, what is your first cabin fever idea of the week? Freestyle sewing patterns. Um, in this, a similar vein about not really liking to follow patterns, 
Um, I don't really like to follow knitting or crocheting patterns, which is why I've written a hundred of my own because I don't like to follow other people. Um, <laughs> those are all up on Ravelry in the Nomad Original Patterns, by the way. Um, but... My goodness, this might be the first time you've ever done <laughs> some uh, promotion without me telling you to. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a very good salesperson. Anyway, um, I and I do that with knitting and crocheting because I'm very comfortable with knitting and crocheting. I've been doing it for a really long time um, I tend to do that less with sewing um, because I'm not as experienced um, but I've I think I've kind of kind of hit my hit that whatever that magical um, point is in my sewing journey where now I can't be bothered to use patterns anymore I just make it up as I go um, and so I have done two projects in the last two weeks um, like that the first one was to make my kids um, Easter, they were kind of Easter outfits, kind of just new spring outfits. They wore them on Easter. Um, they'll probably never wear them again because anytime you're excited about giving your kids something, they don't care. Uh, <laughs> but I actually had followed a pattern to make our four-year-old daughter a, I don't even know what you would call it, maybe a pinafore dress, like overalls, but a dress instead of pants. Um, and she helped me paint out the fabric and the buttons and it was a whole thing um and she liked it a lot and it was cute um and i had the the pattern as just part of my pattern collection um i wanted to make our two and a half year old um a pair of overalls like pants um for him but i did not have a pattern for that so i made it up um i used the same so my kids are the same size despite the fact that they're two years apart um, and so I used the same pattern for the, like the pinafore dress, um, but I modified it a little bit to be pants. Um, and so what that basically was, was I, the, the pinafore dress flared out a lot at the bottom. So I'm making hand movements, which don't translate <laughs> well into audio, but it was like an A-line, like it got way wider at the bottom, like a capital letter A. Um, and so I kind of folded those flippy outy parts um in a little bit so it was closer to straight up and down it still had some flare but it wasn't nearly as dramatic um and then i simply drew a um so i i cut my fabric out like that um with just the exact same thing as i cut out for the pinafore dress but i but first i folded those in and then i laid all the pieces on top of each other and i traced uh, like an arch between the legs um i centered it um and and traced that between the legs and so then when i sewed it together um i sewed that center like crotch seam as well so they're a bit drop crotch um, they're not, it's not a super low drop, um, but these certainly aren't like form fitting. They're for a two and a half year old. Um, Roman needs that anyway. He's, he does a lot of like WrestleMania style moves. Yeah. Um, more, more jumping about space is always a good thing. Um, but then I just, I sewed it exactly the same as the, um, the pinafore dress. I just sewed that center, um, crotch seam as well. Um, and then I had two legs to him instead of just one skirt bottom to him. Um, but it came out well, um, before I sewed that center, uh, piece closed that, that crotch seam closed, I put it on him to, and like held the seam closed where it would close to make sure that it was going to work and be big enough and, and sort of function how I wanted it to. Um, and ta-da, I turned one pattern into another pattern. Um, <clears throat> 
I didn't really use every time I was doing this, I would like I would fold the piece in half so that I knew that both sides were going to be the same. So when I was folding um, the dress to make it less A-line, um, I folded it up on one side and then I traced that on to the other side so that I knew I was it wasn't going to be lopsided. Um, but other than that, I didn't I don't even think I used a ruler or a, any special tracing tools at all. Um, I just kind of made it up and it worked. <laughs> um, I secretly wanted to make myself one of these. Um, it, they just looked really comfortable. So I might, we'll see. It did look very cute. The fabric selection was fantastic. It was lots of animals doing workouts, dreaming of hamburgers. Yeah, um, it's a weird so. <laughs> fabric. Um, but the second make it up as I go along um, sewing pattern that I did was I wanted a sweater for gardening. Um, it is still in that, like, some days it's 70 and some days it's 40 degrees outside time period of the spring. Um, and so I am liking keeping a sweater by the back door that I'm going out to garden so that I can put it on. Um, but I didn't have one. Um, and if you have been following along with, uh, with our social media or our podcast, I don't have a lot of articles of clothing. I own 30 and I do not own 31. Um, so I didn't just have a, like a, a spare shirt or sweater or whatever that I could use for this. Um, but what I did have was something that my mom sent me home with when I was driving home the next morning after the big storm last week. Um, my mom was worried that I was going to somehow get stuck in the car and have to like survive for four weeks. And so she packed me a little bag that had like bottles of water and blankets and pillows and all kinds of stuff. It's three miles between my parents' house and her house. I could easily walk that, <laughs> seeing as how the farthest away I could be for either of the house would be one and a half miles. Um, but she sent me home with an extra wrap thing, and it was a fringe, just a very, it was basically a rectangle with a little bit sewn on each side to make, like, sleeves that you put it through. Um, and that is just not a style that I wear. I know it's super popular. It just doesn't... I doesn't work with my lifestyle I can't keep it on it falls off of me and I, it just doesn't work well for me um, and she told me that she didn't want it back again so I could just put it in my Goodwill bag if I wasn't going to use it um, and so I said are you sure because I'm going to cut it up and make it into something else if you don't want it back and she said sure um, so I laid this it's a it was when I folded it in half it was two layers of a very very long and short rectangle um, and so all I did was lay it flat. I used a highly sophisticated um, method for deciding what size square I wanted to cut out of each side. I took our kids like foam mats that that fit together like puzzle pieces <laughs> um, that they play on the floor with. Um, and I put one of each of those in the bottom, like the bottom right hand corner um, and then in the bottom left hand corner. Um, and I used my scissors. I didn't trace or pin or do anything. I just cut the square. I cut around that square. So now I had a big T shaped piece the long ends of the tee being what what are now the sleeves of the sweater um, and the body centerpiece of the tee being the body of the sweater where my like stomach would go. Um, this also, it wouldn't have been super cropped um, to just leave it exactly like that, but it wouldn't have been long either. Um, and I generally like long tops um, and especially gardening, bending over and, and doing all that stuff. I really didn't want 
to feel like I had to be tugging on my clothes all the time. I just wanted this to come down really low. Um, so those squares that I took off the corner, um, they were double thicknesses. I just opened those up, um, sewed them all together to create, it was like four squares, two from the right hand side and two from the left hand side um, that I stitched together um, to create a big tube. And I sewed that along the bottom of the tube. Um, so my sweater is now almost, it's exactly twice as long as it started off being. Um, and I cut a hole for where the neck was gonna go. I surged all the edges, um, and I was done. Um, Not quite. You added one extra special detail. I did. Um, so another thing that is really important to me when I'm gardening is the ability to listen to podcasts, specifically gardening podcasts, specifically right now a podcast called the Joe Gardner, um, which I'm really, really liking. I've listened to like 100 episodes of in the last two or three weeks. Um but I play those off of my phone. And so my phone has to be fairly close to my ear while I'm gardening. Um, I sometimes try to put it in if I have, like if I'm wearing one of Dave's uh, button up shirts, I'll try to put it in that pocket that's kind of right there on the chest. Um, but then you lean over to do a gardening thing and it falls out. Um, or I'll put it in my, like I'll, I'll tuck it underneath my bra strap up at the shoulder, but then you turn or look at anything and it falls out um so i sewed a long a very long like twice as long as my phone is fairly narrow so there wasn't a lot of room for the phone to wiggle around in it pocket um onto kind of up high by the shoulder um of um of the sweater but i didn't have any extra fabric left because i cut the only two cuts I made into the cloth I used to extend the length of it. I didn't have any more of this fabric. Um, and what I did have was a sock with a hole in the toe. So I cut the foot off the sock and I just stitched the cuff of the sock. Um, it's, it's not quite twice as tall as the, as the phone, but definitely taller than just the phone. Um, and it's pretty tight fitting and it has a little bit of stretch to it. So there's probably almost negative ease. Um, so it really like holds the phone in there. And this is the best thing ever. I'm probably going to sew a sock to every shirt I own, um, <laughs> because I love it. On the inside, maybe. <laughs> Well, you have to reach inside your shirt to get your phone. That's awkward. Yeah, but the other alternative is as soon as we get out of quarantine, you're going to be the sock lady. That's, that's okay with me. <laughs> Probably been called worse. Anyway, that's a little, um, that's maybe a little extreme. Um, this is probably not a garment I would feel fantastic about wearing if I was going out in public, but we haven't really left our house in about a month and a half. Um, so all bets are off. <laughs> All right, Dave, why don't you take us to random acts of quarantine kindness? Sorry, I'm just going to move the uh, the hair and beard out of the way that's going a bit wild. You shaved your face just as much as normal. <laughs> um, so this was something that was done for us this week, and we've we've kind of done a couple of these things, but not, not as, as quite crazy. Um, we had some friends who very sweetly egged our house. Um, that sounds like it's terrible, but actually um, they came and with their three teenage children came and delivered Easter eggs for us um, and the kids. Completely, they came early in the morning um, with a basket full of disinfected Easter eggs <laughs> um, and scattered them around our yard in toddler visible places. Um, and just left a note on our door so we'd find it in the morning. Um, and that's just, 
it's a great thing to do. Now, if you cannot see your friends and your neighbors and you cannot get close to them because of social distancing, there's nothing stopping you doing things like this. Um, we have gone to a couple of friends and dropped them passes on their doorsteps and then sent them a message saying, go and look outside your front door, but nothing quite up to the speed of the egging. So really wanted to encourage people to, okay, you can't, you cannot leave and go and see people. You, it's, it's really important that we all stay home. And that doesn't mean you can't hop in your car or walk on down your street to a friend sometime when they're you know that they're going to be otherwise occupied and leave them a little surprise um everyone needs some cheering up in times like this um i think that's one reason why our mystery boxes have been so popular from our online store is people like getting a surprise why not be the delivery of that surprise um so i've seen people doing all kinds of things um from baking a batch of cookies and dropping some of those off um making um making cards making presents doing things like egging people's yards going and decorating their mailbox do something fun do something unexpected and just spread a bit of kindness around um and it doesn't have to be expensive it doesn't have to be a thing that you go out and buy um it can be i mean we talked before about sidewalk chalk taking some sidewalk chalk and going and painting or decorating their driveway um it can be paint a rock with nail polish um we had a friend send us rock decorating kits um to do with the children don't let your two and four year old loose with nail polish in your house learn from my own dumb mistakes our children were covered with nail polish for quite a while um, but if you have nail polish and access to a rock um, paint a happy little rock and leave that um, I truly go pick a bouquet put it in an empty pickle jar full of dandelions like it doesn't mat it doesn't have to be big and impressive um but somebody seeing something nice is going to make them smile it's going to make their day a little bit better um, i'm reminded that other people in the world are going through the same thing and that they are still cared for that everybody is still cares about you all of your friends still care about you all of your family still care about you even if they can't be with you right now it's it's a good thing to do yep or even just your neighbours if it's not someone you know. Just go and drop bouquets of dandelions at your five closest neighbours, even if you don't know their names. Everyone will appreciate it. Okay, so Erica, talking about dandelions. <laughs> I just wanted to do a gardening update because it will make me happy. Um, <laughs> this is, I just wanted to talk about what I've been doing in the yard because I, it is how I am staying sane. Um, do you want to tell them first about what insane thing we've just bought? <laughs> kind of. I can't decide if we should wait until it actually arrives. We'll tell them now. We are going to... So we've been, plant, we've been planting lots and lots of vegetables. We already have lots and lots of fruit. And we just ordered mushrooms we're gonna be growing mushrooms now too um and i'm excited they're supposed to be super easy to grow um we'll see they're supposed to work well on the edge of woodlands and we have a lot of edges of woodland so yeah um we're going to get some I forget what they're called uh, like wine caps wine caps um so we have lots of wood chips which is great because this um this particular variety grows great on wood chips and we have still have some cut logs from some trees and big branches that have come down in various storms um so we're going to build a little 
enclosure and fill it full of wood chips. Yep, little little happy mushroom bed. Um, anyway, we've never tried to grow mushrooms outside. I've had at various times in the past little grow bags of mushrooms where, and these are all culinary mushrooms, um, where you, you what other kinds of mushroom do you think we might be growing? <laughs> Well, I know I just, it's desperate times. I knew what I meant. I saying the word "grow bag" made me. You really uh, wanted to go on a trip somewhere, but you couldn't leave the house. So. <laughs> These are culinary mushrooms <laughs> that we are talking about that I have grown in the past and that we just ordered um, to grow now. Um, but I've you can get like sawdust uh, embedded with. I think I did oyster mushrooms maybe before. Um, and then you basically like cut little slits in the bag and spritz it with water and the sawdust has the spores in it. And so mushrooms grow out of all the slits in the bag and it's kind of fun to watch. Um, but I've never done it outside. Um, I'm generally do better with things outside because nature does a better <laughs> job of taking care of things than I do. And I forget to water it or overwater it. And it just doesn't me and house plants don't get along. Um, but in the garden garden, um, we have, I finally fertilized all of our, we have 16 fruit trees. Many of them are blooming now or getting ready to. Um, I'm a little apprehensive. We've had really well below freezing temperatures the last couple of nights and will again tomorrow night. And then it looks like we're probably done for the year with below freezing. Um, Fingers crossed. The peaches haven't bloomed yet. And those are the ones that are always super sensitive. To what? The, the peaches have totally bloomed. The peaches have been blooming for a week. The just... apples. Well, thanks. We might have lost our peaches then. Yeah. We... I knew the plums and, and apples were on the way. All of those pink flowers, those are all peaches. I wasn't paying attention. Okay. So our plums and our peaches and our pears are all fully out in bloom. I don't think pear flowers are very sensitive to frost. So I think that those will be okay. Um, time will tell about the plums and the peaches. But it doesn't look like the apples have quite, like their buds are about ready to go. But I hope that they can hang on one more day before they open. Um, I don't think the apple blossoms will get frost damage. Um, and I think cherries bloom way later. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they do. Um, so finally fertilized all of those um, and our, we have four blueberry bushes, which want really acidic soil. And I've never done anything to make our soil acidic. So our blueberry bushes in the six years they've been in the ground have never grown. Um, they're basically the same size as when I put them in, but they're not dead. Um, we get about six blueberries every year, which the yeah. kids are super excited about. Um, but we um, we have mulched all of the soft fruit bushes. We have blackberries and raspberries and blueberries and blackberries. Um, and I'm going to plant something, I should do that today, um, called wonderberries, um, which I, they sort of look like blueberries. Apparently they probably don't really taste of all that much, <laughs> but I like growing weird things. So I'm going to do it. And they're an annual as well. Yeah, but they are supposed to sell seed well. Um, we finish our three giant vegetable beds. They're three feet wide by 24 feet long. Um, and I have planted seeds or actually have seedlings, um, of peas and two different types of carrots and Swiss chard and something called tatsui, I think is how you pronounce it. It's a, an Asian mustard green. Um, strawberry spinach, which is tastes like spinach and grows little yellow or little red flat fruits like strawberry. Um, what else? Apparently, tastes like watermelon. Yeah. 
um, radishes, let two different kinds of lettuce, dinosaur broccoli, dinosaur broccoli. Um, we have not put any of those are all cold hardy um, varieties, so we haven't put anything in the ground yet that we're not supposed to, even though it's killing me because I really want to plant things outside. Um, we have a million other things that we will put in those beds. They're not full by any means, um, but I'll talk about those as we actually put them in the ground. But all the way down the side of the orchard, I don't even know how long that is. This bed's probably six feet wide by... It's about four feet wide, but it's about probably about 35 feet long. Yeah, it's a very big bed. Um, and that I've planted hollyhocks and lupins. Um, I started the hollyhocks and lupins inside and I was sick of taking care of the seedlings. So I transplanted them out. The lupins are cold hardy and they have done totally fine. The hollyhocks are a little bit more sensitive, but I cloched them, which means I put an upside down glass mason jar that I already owned on top of them. Um, and they seem to be quite happy underneath, um, underneath there. So the hollyhocks are looking happy. Um, we put, I put out one, no, 10 of each of those actual seedlings. And then I planted 10 more lupin seeds. Um, so there's, I'm kind of making them in drifts in big clumps um, of those. Um, and I'm desperate to, I have um, 30 amaranth plants, which get like five, six feet tall. They're going to have bright red um like grain yeah, yeah. Um, on them uh, and I'm excited to plant that so come half, of, yeah, half of the bed is going to be flowers um, and half the beds are going to be vegetables so amaranth and then two different kinds of corn are going to go in there um, but I have to wait at least 36 more hours to put um, <laughs> put my stuff out um, and we also dug up the whole back of our house where our house meets our driveway. Um, it's this really shaded area that's never grown anything particularly well, except it's been pretty happy with strawberries in the past. It's a kind of sad triangle that goes from zero to about 10 feet across um, very, very slowly. And it's, it's in shade most of the day. Um, and it's also kind of runs into the woodland that runs beside our home as well in a, sort of an L shape that runs down to our porch. So it's, it's always kind of ratty. It's always the place where vehicles turn around if they get kind of stuck on the top of our driveway. So it's, it's been a little bit churned up at the end. Um, and we had wood chips dumped there and it's just, it's, a mess. <laughs> yep. So I dug out all the turf um, and put a thinnish layer of compost and then a thickish layer of mulch. Uh, we got a massive delivery of free mulch from tree trimming company that cut down three giant trees in our neighbor's house. Um, so we have three giant trees. I don't know. We have like 50 yards of mulch. Um, Probably and more than that. We've, yeah. <laughs> um, we have been slowly getting through it, through it all. Um, so we planted, I don't know, probably 300 strawberry plants in there. Um, There's a little bit of sedum, which is that like creeping, uh, almost looks like a... Not a cactus. What's the word I'm looking for? A succulent. succulent. It almost looks like a succulent. Um, it's, it spreads, but is not all that hard to get rid of if you decide you don't like it, as opposed to like ivy, which spreads, but is incredibly hard to get rid of if you decide you don't like it. Um, and then I planted... <laughs> Like a crazy person. I planted 40 horseradish bushes in there. Or not bushes. What kind of plant is horseradish? Plants. 
um, 40 horseradish plants, you know, like a normal person. Um, we had access to somebody's garden who was, the garden was being moved. And so there was a million plants in there that were just going to get torn up with the excavation equipment. Um, and so we, we, uh, I just got as many horseradishes as we had and I planted them all and they appear to all be still alive. So I think the horseradish plant is kind of pretty. Um, we won't eat 40 horseradish plants for the horseradish, but we will be growing them. Depends how bored I get in this, in this quarantine. Um, and then that, that might be a, a new challenge game. Right up, well, not right up against the house, but cl the, as close to the house as I was putting plants, I also bought four or five more fruit bushes because I'm insane. Um, and so I have two, um, oh, what are they called? Jostaberries? Jostaberries. It's a cross between a gooseberry and a currant um, that do what? not have thorns. What's that bush? It's Jostaberry. He's made that joke a lot of times. <laughs> um, two Jostaberries, one at the far ends, and then it, um, like four or five feet away from that um, towards the center have two gooseberry plants. I like gooseberries, um, but they have wicked thorns, so I didn't want them anywhere near where we'd be walking by them. <laughs> um, and then centered in the middle, I have a goji berry um, because I've never had a goji berry and I kind of wanted to taste one. Um, plus, they look cool growing. So these are all edible shrubs, um, but I'm not... We plant a lot of things, and I'm not all that concerned about if we, if I really, really worked hard to get the full production of all of these, we would have so much food we wouldn't know what to do with it all. Um, so I'm kind of planting them for ornamentals, and then a couple years in, if they're well established and doing well, I may work towards making them be a little bit more fruit productive. It's an edible landscape. Yeah. Um, so that's, this is a pretty full shade area. That's um, kind of how we've used strawberries in the past. Yeah. They spread out really well, and when they're in the shade, they produce a few berries per plant, um, but they produce a lot of runners and fill in the space and kind of block out the weeds pretty well. Um, and they're, they're kind of pretty looking. So we don't worry too much about having lots of strawberries per plant. Um, we just put them in an area we can't really use for much else. And harvest what we can from the hundreds of plants that they produce and it's it's worked well pretty well for us we yeah we always get a consistent crop so yep um so i'm excited i'm excited for all of these things to grow up and get bigger um and really see how how it's going um but i've been i've been pleased i've been working really hard um and it's it's really starting to look good you're doing a good job so what is your tip for people in quarantine dig dig holes dig holes in the yard you'll feel better <laughs> and I know that not everybody necessarily has access to be able to do that. Dig holes in somebody else's yard. <laughs> um, it could be a random act of kindness. Go and dig a hole in somebody else's yard. May, maybe not so much kindness if you were not invited. <laughs> um, you certainly could, um, if you, especially if you have any um, neighbors who you know may be struggling physically to do things. So older neighbors or neighbors who are having health problems. Um, to offer um, if they aren't able to get outside you would be happy to um, to tidy up their yard um, or I know that there are a lot of areas that have community gardens or um, like allotments that you may be able to sign up for a plot I know a lot of the places um, are doing some sort of rotation where you are given a time slot so there's only one person in the community garden area at a time um, to maintain the social distancing um, 
you you may just and I mean going for a walk in the woods is, is still going to be of use it doesn't you don't absolutely have to dig holes it's been my personal happy place to dig holes um, the problem is I keep digging them and there's a point at which I, I will not be able to maintain the number of new beds that I'm digging I'm nodding sagely yes um, <laughs> long since passed that place um, anyways Dave why don't I didn't help it I encouraged the mushrooms it's true. I feel like it's the, like first, it's the first crazy thing that I've done that he's been like, yes, and he just ordered them. <laughs> I share, I, I messaged him like, I want to grow mushrooms, and he ordered them before we thought about it. <laughs> that never happens. Normally he tries to rein in the, the enthusiasm. But Dave, why don't you talk about where's nomads in their house? Okay, so we are continuing to do all of the things. Um, but first this week, I wanted to talk to you all about our brand new yarn that is going to be going on pre-release this week. Um, so it's going to be called Gelato, um, because everyone loves ice cream, especially when they're in quarantine. Um, and it comes in eight kind of pastel-y, fruity-looking colors for the spring. Um, this is a uh, cotton and rayon base, like 52, 48%. Um, it's a sport weight, um, and it's going to work really, really well for summer pieces. So you're looking at 306 yards and 100 grams, um, and will be available for pre-order up on our um, web store at store.nomadyarnshop.com, or you can just go to nomadyarnshop.com and hit across that online um, button. That will be going up probably on Friday in time for one of the other things we're going to talk about. Um, so yeah, go and check that out. I'll be getting it up on our Etsy store too, um, and we're really looking forward to sharing it with you. It's the very last of the skeins are drying off. I'm waiting for the labels to come in before I can uh, send it out. So um, that will be coming to you very soon. Um, so throughout the rest of the week, um, I wanted to kind of give you an idea of our schedule. We're still doing the same thing. Um, so we are still running our virtual classes. We're giving people um, for most weeks and I time to vote on that over the weekend and what you think you would like to learn. Um, and then we're going to be putting up our kits for the virtual class. So we'll send you the kit. We'll then set up on the following Wednesday um, a class for you to come and join us on Zoom. We will do our class meeting. You can go through the kit, exactly what we have in front, and we'll be available for um, assistance afterwards if you had any issues. So check out our virtual classes as they come up. Um, then on every Wednesday, on Every Tuesday night, we are running our virtual crafting club from 7 p.m. Uh, again, on Zoom, the details on that are on our Facebook page, and they're going out in our newsletter. Come and join us for that. It's just a sit and chat session. We normally run for about an hour on that one. Um, just really can come and show us what you're working on, see some other people, ask us any questions you have, and just have a, have a kind of relaxed time. Uh, Wednesday evenings, we are teaching the virtual classes. Uh, so if you signed up ahead of that, you'll be joining us for Zoom there. Thursdays, um, we are doing a, a kind of smaller crafting club for people who've been in our regular crafting club in the store. Um, if you are one of our regular Thursday night crafters who's been with us for a long time and want to get into that smaller group, um, let us know and we'll make sure you're hooked up for that Zoom too. Uh, then Fridays, I'm doing Facebook Lives at 2 p.m. 
Um, so you can come and join us for that Facebook Live straight on our Facebook page. And I'm doing a virtual truck tour every week. So this is when I'll show you anything new that's going to be coming out, um, announcing any specials we're going to be doing, talking about any ideas. This is the perfect time for you to get any um, questions to us. If you want to look at yarns kind of live on screen, let me know. Um, we're kind of showing off all the kinds of things that we are um, selling on our, our online store and any new things that we have coming up. Um, and I do weekly specials, something new comes out of that every single week. And that's kind of it for our regularly, uh, regularly scheduled things. Also wanted to give you another couple of special deals and things we have going on. Uh, so we are running now a special called Sweater In Place. Um, this is to encourage you if you want to do a large project, now is the time to start it. So if you go to our web store, again, store.nomadyarnshop.com and order five or more skeins of any yarn, I will send you free needles uh, to go with that. So we will try and send out needles that will be appropriate for a large project with the yarn that you have. They'll mostly be Addy needles or um, the interchangeable uh, carbons tips, depending on what I have in stock. Uh, to go with your yarn to do that large project. So now is a great time to get yourself a free set of needles with five skeins of yarn. We are also continuing to do our mystery boxes. These have been incredibly popular and I, every time I do a post about these, we, we get some more come through. Go and uh, check through our, our Facebook and our Instagram um, and in our newsletter and see what's in those mystery boxes. Basically, we do them in 25, 50, or $100 value. Whether you could be knitting or crochet, you can give me uh, some idea of what you want me to put in as regards to kind of color and thickness. Now I'll make up a surprise little basket for you. Um, so we did have one customer this week who ordered one for herself and one for two friends who uh, live nearby she's not been able to spend time with and ask for them to all be identical. So we can do things like that so you can kind of open them live as well um, to kind of enjoy them together. So check out the sweater in place deals, check out the mystery boxes, um, check out our brand new yarn gelato coming out this week and um, come and join us for some of those virtual name clubs. And beyond that, have, have a good week, have crafting. Yep. Thanks for listening. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Ravelry and our website, knowmyjarnshop.com. And remember, in crafting and in life, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.